Are you an entrepreneur? Do you have a cool new idea? Are you trying to turn this idea into a business? If so, you will likely have spent hundreds of hours thinking about how you will grow and develop this business. From building a team and structuring a company to attracting investment and developing the product. But how often do you think about protecting your intellectual property? Is it even something worth considering? Or is it just an expensive distraction that is contrary to the ultimate goal of just getting a product to the market before a competitor? Hello and welcome to Trial by Podcast, a monthly recording by solicitors at McCabe's Lawyers. My name is Danton Stoloff. I'm a solicitor in the corporate group, and my role is to advise directors, including entrepreneurs and startups, on all corporate-related issues. Today, I'm joined by Amelia Cooper, who is a solicitor in the intellectual property and technology team here at McCabe's. Welcome to you, Amelia. Hi, Danton. Thanks for having me. Here at McCabe's, we field a lot of questions from entrepreneurs about their IP protection. I'd like to put some of those questions to you today. So to start us off, what exactly is intellectual property? Intellectual property is an umbrella term to describe the intangible property created by the human mind. Properly protecting your IP is essentially how you go about making sure that you capture and hang on to the value of your own ideas. So it's crucial to get it right from the beginning. Traditionally, we think of intellectual property as subsisting in inventions, trademarks, designs, brands and artistic works. But in reality, intellectual property is much more broad-reaching and may protect any number of your creations. It's estimated that around 80% of the average business's value lies in its intellectual property. But this number is likely much higher in the case of startups, especially in the tech space. So what types of intellectual property can entrepreneurs protect? Well, quite simply, there are four main types of IP that we think entrepreneurs must consider. These are copyright, trademarks, patents, and designs. And what are the differences between each of these? Well, copyright covers original creative works, such as art, advertising copy, books and articles, music, movies, software and code, and social media posts, things like that. It exists automatically once you create a work, and it lasts for your lifetime and up to 70 years after your death. Copyright gives the owner the exclusive right to make copies of the work, to communicate the work to the public, or to publish the work, and to change the work. Importantly, copyright doesn't just protect the ideas themselves, it protects the expression or the form that the ideas take. Trademarks, on the other hand, protect the symbolic value of a word or a name or a symbol or some other device that you use to identify or distinguish your brand from the brand of other people. Some well-known trademarks include Coca-Cola, the McDonald's Arches, or Apple's White Apple. Unlike copyright, trademarks can and should be registered because registration gives the exclusive right to use your trademark in connection with your goods or your services and also that gives you the right to prevent others from using a trademark that is deceptively similar to your trademark. A patent is an exclusive right to commercially use a device or a substance, method or a process that you've invented that's new, inventive and useful. Once you have a patent, it generally lasts for up to 20 years. A patent essentially stops other people from manufacturing, using or selling your invention in Australia without your permission. 
Finally, design registration gives you exclusive rights in the unique aesthetic features of your product, meaning that other traders can't copy the new and distinctive shape or configuration, pattern or ornamentation of your product. So to briefly clarify for our audience out there, when is protection granted? Well, copyright protection is automatically granted to anyone who creates an original work. But to gain trademark protection, design protection and patent protection, an entrepreneur must apply to register their rights with IP Australia. Amelia, why is it so important that a young entrepreneur even considers protecting their intellectual property in these ways? IP protection is crucial in so many ways. Essentially, it gives you the ability to prevent others from stealing your ideas or the goodwill in your brand. It also helps you develop your brand reputation. It allows you to make money during the life of your business because you can license or sell your creations, and it helps attract investors and venture capitalists. Having strong, well-documented IP protection also boosts the value of your business if you ever come to sell it. To help put this in context for our audience out there, I'm going to put forward some examples of things that might be protectable. And I want you to tell me what type of IP protection it should have. Sure, fire away. Let's start with a fancy chair. Well, you could protect the unique appearance of the chair by registering a design for it. How about a Tinder app? Well, that's a bit of a more complicated one. If the code required to make all those swipe rights and super likes was a brand new, inventive or innovative process, then you could apply for a patent to protect that code. The Tinder name and the logo could be registered as a trademark, and you'd automatically own the rights to any written content of the app itself, as well as the actual code of the app. How about a new cancer cure? Well, if your cure is new and useful and inventive, then you could apply for a standard patent. If your cure was an incremental next step that was building on other people's work, then you may be able to get an innovation patent, which is similar to a standard patent, but it doesn't last as long. And what about a soda bottle? Well, your soda's brand name, its tagline and its logo could be registered as trademarks, and the physical form of the bottle might be protectable as a registered design, provided the design of the bottle isn't too similar to existing designs out there in the market and is distinctive enough to be granted design protection. So Amelia, what if someone overheard me talking about an idea for my next blog post, then took the idea and wrote it up? Would they be infringing my copyright? Not really. Copyright doesn't protect ideas themselves. It only protects the way they're expressed in some physical, material or digital form. So you'd need to write your blog post out before claiming copyright over it. How then should entrepreneurs go about getting their IP registered? Well, to ensure that IP is properly registered and fully protected, entrepreneurs should come and speak to us IP lawyers. We can make sure that any names and logos you want to use are clear for commercial use, that they're not similar to other registered IP out there, and that they meet all other legal requirements. IP registration can be very complex and time-consuming, and it can have catastrophic consequences if it's not done properly. So don't assume you can navigate the IPC alone. We can help you out. In your experience, when should a startup begin considering protecting their intellectual property? It's never too soon to start protecting your ideas. As soon as a company starts to invest in research and product development, it's time to begin planning some sort of protection for that investment that you've made. 
Basically, if you've got an idea or a product, a name, a reputation, or a message that you wouldn't want other people to steal or to use, then you need some sort of IP protection in place. If you don't address IP early, you run the risk of spending money on research and development of a product or a brand that's already taken. You also expose yourself to the risk of jumping into an incubator or investment relationship and having your ideas stolen by third parties. Okay, so let's say I have co-founded a tech company with a friend over coffee. We haven't got around to incorporating a company as we don't yet have the money and no partnership agreements have been entered into between us. At my request and in exchange for, let's say, $100, my friend writes the code for our new app. Do I own the copyright because I asked my friend to make the app? Does he own it or is it split, say, 50-50? That's an interesting example, actually. The general legal position is that intellectual property rights belong to the individual who created the work in the first place. So ordinarily, your friend would own all of the copyright in the code that he's created. If you want to vary the general legal position, then you'll need a written agreement expressly stating that you will own some or possibly all of the copyright. Let's now say I've incorporated a company and employed my friend as a full-time app developer. Again, at my request, my friend writes some code. Who then owns the IP? Ah, well, in that case, because your friend is an employee, the general position that I talked about before would be reversed. So your company, as the entity employing your friend, would automatically own the IP in any literary, musical, or dramatic works that he creates during the course of his employment. You would also very likely have an employment contract with your friend in place. Employment contracts often contain clauses which expressly assign any employee IP to the company. Remember that your company is a distinct entity from the people who run it. So even if you yourself have created a key piece of code, for example, that the company is intended to own, you will need to assign your own rights to the company by way of a deed of assignment. Let's say that after listening to this podcast, I'm now fully aware of the importance of protecting my IP. I'm now looking to partner with a big company to grow my startup or to canvas potential opportunities. How can I explain my new idea to this big company without them stealing my idea? The best way to approach this is by getting the company to sign a non-disclosure agreement, also known as an NDA. The purpose of an NDA is to allow the holder of confidential information, such as your product or your business idea, to share it with a third party while obliging the third party to keep that information secret and to only use it in accordance with the owner's instructions. Amelia, in your experience, do you think NDAs are worth it? They seem like an awkward way to start a business venture. As a lawyer, I'd say NDAs are absolutely worth it. It's not uncommon for us to hear clients say, oh, I don't want to scare people off with some legalistic document or I don't really want to spend the money on an NDA right now. But trusting somebody with your information that could potentially cause a public disclosure of a potentially lucrative idea is simply not worth the risk. At the end of the day, investors might even be pleased to see that you take your IP ownership so seriously if they're considering entrusting their money to you. Well, Amelia, you've got me convinced. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Danton. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Trial by Podcast, a show hosted by McCabe's Lawyers examining the weird and wonderful world of law and some of the more fascinating issues that affect our lives and those around us. 
The next episode will be hosted by one of my colleagues here at the firm, who we have heard from before, Luke Dominish. He has a really interesting topic lined up. It's going to be great. So be sure to come back and listen. If you haven't done so already, I recommend you listen to the previous six episodes of the show. Please review us on iTunes via the podcast app on your phone or whatever other platform on which you subscribe to these podcasts, as it will help other law students and lawyers find and enjoy the show, just as you have hopefully enjoyed this show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next month. 